Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Here's my favorite rant for the day, excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at TomHartman.com. James in St. Simon Island, Georgia. Hey, James, what's on your mind today? Hey, I'm a gun owner, and I decided to call in, crawl into the lion's pit here and say that, uh, you know, there are... 320 million plus guns in private hands in the United States. The vast majority of the legal gun owners are not using their guns uh, for any crime. And, you know, this You're right. talk of con- the, the, the talk of confiscation, I don't know where this want, you want to go with this, but, but if you think you're going to confiscate them, how are you going to accomplish that? It's just not going to happen. The I bad would... guys are, are going to get the guns. They are, and the vast majority of the guns out there are in the hands of lawful people who never commit crimes with them. Yeah, no, you're right on that point, James. Uh, apparently, you're not familiar with the experience of Australia after the Port Arthur massacre in 1996. I'm aware that in Australia there was a, a quasi-confiscation program. It was not confiscation. What they did, first of all, they'd had four or five, maybe more, mass shootings. And finally, the worst of them was in 1996 in Port Arthur in Tasmania and some... 30-some-odd people were, were massacred. And the Australian press made the unusual step of actually showing the pictures of the dead people. And okay. the entire country said, oh, my God, that's it. You know, this is over. And I, I think, frankly, America would do the same thing if we saw the pictures of the kids from Newtown or from Parkland. And I think that those pictures should be released. We should see what the results of these guns are. But what Australia did then was they said, okay, that's it. If you want to own a gun, you have to jump through a number of hoops. We're, just, we're not going to ban guns. We're not going to make them illegal. But you're going to have to jump through. The, the, you know, I mean, right now you can buy, a, as, as you probably know, James, you can own a fully automatic machine gun in the United States. You just have to apply to the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms you know, for a permit. It's a $200 permit fee. But the background checks and, the, and you've got to get fingerprinted and you've got to do all this stuff. And, and so Australia put into place something somewhat similar to that. And so a lot of people found that they were owning guns that were that they didn't want to go through all the hassle of getting the gun certified and getting themselves certified and getting their license to, to have a gun. And and I'm not sure if insurance was part of it or not, uh, but they just said, you know, I don't want to do this. So then the government said, if you don't want to have that gun in your home anymore, we will buy it back from you at its full retail value. So you're not you're not injured in any way financially. We'll buy the gun back from you. And the first gun buyback program that they had uh, brought in hundreds of thousands of guns. They've, they've done it several times since then. 
And what happened was, since 1996, there has not been, and that's what, more than 20 years ago, 22 years ago, there has not been one single mass shooting in Australia. And within the, in the first five years after the, that law went into effect, the suicide rate dropped dramatically. It dropped almost by 50% in Australia because most suicides now in the United States are, are not, I'm not sure if it's most, but a large, large percentage of suicides in the United States are done by guns. And typically they're impulsive. A gun kills you really quickly, you know, and, and most other ways to kill yourself. It's fairly hard to kill yourself. Suicide rates went down. Homicide rates went down. Crime rates went down. Crime rates with guns went down, but general crime rates went down. You can Google all this stuff. You can read the stories about it. Okay. We could do the same thing here, James. So what hoop do you want to put in there? I, I think part, so what, what, what hoop? I mean, I've, way, I've been saying what, for years. What you that, may not know is that states can impose hoops. Oh, and I know. Indeed, Connecticut I, has the most. I happen, can I, can, oh, I'm sorry. You, I, I happen also own a home in Washington, D.C. You can probably tell from my, myself a number. And, you know, we, I'm a, I have a gun leap lawfully in the District of Columbia. We have hoops in the District of Columbia. Yep. But, but so the question is, what hoop? I mean, yeah, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. First of all, you know, yes, I understand that. And, and in fact, in Connecticut, they've passed the most restrictive gun laws in the nation now after the Newtown shootings. So, but what, what I have been suggesting for years and years is that we do the same thing we did with cars. In 1915, it became, or thereabouts, it became obvious that cars, which were this wonderful thing to replace horses, were actually starting to kill people. You know, there were so many cars around, people didn't know how to drive them, they were a new novelty thing, and, and people were being killed by the cars, and people were being killed in the cars. And so the three things that they came up with, in addition to stoplights and traffic signs, you know, standardized safety stuff, and, you know, double yellow lines, and all this stuff was developed in the 19-teens, uh, the three steps that they came up with, there was actually two steps until the 1940s, then they added the third one, which was insurance, were, number one, from the time that it's manufactured until the time it's destroyed, there's a continuous record of ownership. You have to register your car. So, and every year you have to renew that registration so that we always, we being society as a whole, always know what the status of that car is, always, and, and in the case of a gun, always know what the status of that gun is and who owns it. And, and that also allows us to have people be held responsible for their car. I mean, if I give my car to my 12-year-old nephew and he goes out and kills somebody with it, I'm liable. If I give my gun to my 12-year-old nephew and he goes out and kills with somebody with it, I should be liable. But it doesn't seem to work that way these right, days. Tom, so that's number one. Um, number two, okay, uh, let yep. me go through them and I'll give you all the time you want to respond. We've, we've got about four or five minutes here. Number two, I think that people should be licensed, just like you're licensed to drive a car. And in order to get that license, you have to prove two simple things, knowledge and proficiency. So just like with a car, there should be a written test and there should be like a driving exam. There should be a, a gun range exam. And that's going to give an examiner an opportunity to assess you as a person, by the way, just like with a driver's license. Sometimes people don't pass the driving test, you know, uh, when they have to uh, engage with a, with a driving uh, tester because the person says, this person's, you know, there's something wrong with this person. You know, they, they, they shouldn't be driving. And number three, I think that we should, all guns or all gun owners should have liability insurance. And this is something that, you know, the, the NRA used to sell this. I mean, they, you could, they could make money on this. And it wouldn't be insanely expensive, but it's a free market solution for the, for the conservatives and libertarians, James. Your, your gun insurance, if you're a good upstanding citizen, might cost you 30 bucks a year for, you know, half a million dollar liability insurance or 50 bucks a year or something like that. But if you've got, you know, two convictions for beating your wife 
Odds are the insurance company is going to figure that out and say, you know, if you really want to have that gun and have the mandatory insurance, it's going to cost you $1,000 a year, just like they do with drunk drivers and cars. And so those three simple things, I've been pitching for years and years, and I don't see why any reasonable person would disagree with that. It's all yours, James. Well, I, I, I don't think most gun owners would disagree with any of that. I, I will add one more that you're not going to like. And I think it should, we, we could say gun shops which are NFA, most of them are certified with uh, uh, as FFLs, federal firearm licensees, right. can essentially be free from Section 1983 actions and be allowed to discriminate. Why do I say that? Because I really do believe this. I think there are, if a bad guy walks into a, uh, a retail gun shop, he, you know, when you're behind the counter, you kind of know this guy, there's something not right with this guy. Whatever it is, it might be his cats on his neck, something you just don't like and you don't want to sell him the gun right but guess what happens you're going to have to sell it because if you don't you run the risk of the guy going he discriminated against me right so i'd like to see that i'll go with that point number four give the gun shot you know let me think about that i you know it's, yeah, I, I, at first blush it sounds it sounds reasonable um but yeah but I think the you know, the yeah, first I know, three. Would, I, have, I have a very I mean, dear friend who owns a gun shop, and that is an issue he has had. He's like, you know, Jim, somebody walks in here, and I got a bad feeling about him. I've right. got to sell that gun. But if see, if that clear, guy had to go before an examiner for his gun license, that examiner would have, as a representative of the state in particular, would have right. the ability well, gonna, to I, essentially. I'm going to address the examiner issue. Here, just This is not an, a, saying I'm against it necessarily, but I want you to know what has happened you're going into areas that I happen to know a fair amount about um, as a former prosecutor. They, they, these, our sex offense laws changed after um, following Megan's law in New Jersey because sure. it, we get away. The sex offender laws used to be based upon examiners. There was most states had sex offender either boards or commissions or, or bodies that would interview a sex offender and determine whether or not they needed to remain on the registry. Most states have gotten away from that because it didn't work out that well. And now most states have an offense-based system. It's like if you do this act, like public exposure, bingo, you're on the registry. We don't go anymore to saying you have to go before a board of psychiatrists who interview you and determine you know, whether or not you're a college kid who is just mooning somebody through your bus window or as a prank or whether or not there's something wrong with you. So offender-based no. system. James, James I, 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 forgive my interrupting, but we're, we're, we're coming up against a break here. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that there's a huge difference between sex offenders and gun owners. And 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 the majority of sex offenders are actually mentally ill. I mean, this is this is, and that's not right. to excuse it or anything. But but it's not a mental illness that goes away next week, you know. Or sometimes some people grow out of this stuff. I mean, there's all these different varieties of sex offenders and all these kind of things. And but but the recidivism rate for sex offenders is is hugely high. And, well, I'm and, aware of that. And, I, and I don't what think. I'm saying here and I I'm don't think that you can, you can, systems don't work that well. Yeah. And, and well, that, that would explain why the board doesn't work for sex offenders, but that's not going to explain why an examiner doesn't work for a driver's license or a shooter's license. Right. Well, I, I just throw that out there. And I will just say quickly three, I know you've got to go 3d printer with 3d printers. Now you can make firearms. So we can go through all of this, and the bad guys are always going to get it. No, I've, I've heard that argument. You know, with a with a with a regular printer right now, with a with a fifteen hundred dollar printer, you can print money. But why is it that nobody does it, James? No, I, by the way, I think uh, twenty years in jail. 
Well, 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 there are countries that are engaged in counterfeiting. I mean, there no, are I get that, that, you know, but I'm talking about in the United States. So if if you have strong penalties, people don't do things. It's why it's the reason why why uh, illegal immigrants don't vote. They don't want to go to prison for five years. I mean, nobody wants to. Right. I mean, it's so anyhow, James, thanks for a rational okay, conversation. Thanks, thanks. Okay, I appreciate thanks. it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Sirius XM, too. We'll be back. It's uh, 10 minutes before. Great show today. Dr. Andrew Rosenberg drops by from the uh, Union of Concerned Scientists to talk about how Scott Pruitt and the Trump administration are destroying America by destroying science. Plus, is it time to repeal the Second Amendment? What do we do about Facebook? You can get all three hours of the program commercial-free with our podcast at TomHartman.com. And you can see clips of the show right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter.